tonight we're starting a new series called Roots and Basics. Everyone say Roots and Basics. Look at your neighbor and say, you need some roots. And look at your other neighbor and say, you need some basics. Roots and Basics. We're going to be going into a six-week series on something we call systematic theology. Some of you guys were like, what in the world is that? Basically, it is, it's a way at which that when we, when we kind of look at all of Scripture and the traditions we have in the church, we, we make systems of, of, okay, what do we believe as Christians? The kind of the roots and basics of what do we believe about, like, like who is God? Right, that, that's a big one. Like if we're going to be Christians and we're following Jesus because he's God, then we need to know like who God is, right? You track with me? So, so we're going to talk about like who is God. We're going to talk about like who am I? What does it mean that I am like his son, his daughter? Okay, like we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be the church? Like what does, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? You guys ever asked that question before? Yeah, yeah. You can raise your hand. You can raise your hand. Like why did Jesus have to die on the cross? I guess like for my sins, like how does that work? Or like, like what, what is sin? Like all of these key questions that, that we can maybe know some answers to in our heads if you've grown up in church. But my, my, my hope is as we go through this series, it would actually do something deep down in your heart. It would stir convictions of you wanting to know God for who he is. Of you wanting to dig deeper and that these, that these roots that go deep would really impact everything about the way you live. So we're going to be leaning into a bunch of things over the next two months. And tonight I want to talk about who God is. Everyone say, who is God? Who is God? So now we're going to be talking about God as a triune God. Some of y'all said, huh? We'll get to it. Okay. God as a triune God. Let me ask you guys this. How many of you guys have ever asked some really like deep, like, or just like strange questions? Like, like you read the Bible or you're thinking about God, like thinking like all like, you know, like what was before God and time and all these things like how many of you guys have ever had like, some deep or weird questions about God or the Bible? I think everyone probably should be raising their hand, right? Like, like when you pick up the Bible or when we think about who God is and like how he can like not have a beginning and be like eternal, like exist eternally before and like has no beginning, no end. Like when we think about some of these things, it's like I can't even fathom things like this. Like I, l- last week I got the opportunity to go speak to, to some fifth graders in a fifth grade discipleship thing. And they asked three really amazing questions I got to respond to. I bet, I bet some of you guys have, you know, asked these questions such as like, where did evil come from? Anyone ever asked that question? Right, like where did, where did evil come from? Or, or maybe the question of like, why, why do bad things happen to good people? You guys ever asked that one? Or, or why do good things happen to bad people? Like, like these are some of the questions that we think about and are really difficult to wrestle through. How about this one? Shh, listen, listen. Like, why did, why did God give us the Bible? You guys ever wondered that one? Or like, like what, what really is the Bible? Like, what makes it God's word? So, so I got to answer two of those questions. But the third question, like a 10-year-old stumped me. A 10-year-old absolutely stumped me. I never once thought about this question. It was this. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? It was why did God use Adam's rib to make Eve? I was like. Thankfully, I got these questions before, or else I would have been like sitting there before the t- like the ten year old and been like, "Bro, I don't know." Like it was like crazy. I was like, "I've never once thought about that. Like, why did God use Adam's rib to make Eve?" I was like, "It's an incredible question." Like, if you've ever picked up this book, there's like 
talking donkeys and like all these things in the Bible that you're like, what in the world is going on? Are you guys track with me that sometimes we ask questions about the Bible or God? Yes? Yes? Nod your head if you're with me. Okay. So what I want to do tonight is before we start talking about the Trinity, which is one of the most challenging things for us to comprehend, I want to talk about what do we do when we have some of these difficult questions. Before we really start to engage with what does it mean that God's a triune God, one God, three persons, all those things, I want to talk about what do we do with difficult questions? What do we do with things that we do not understand? My answer is this, as Christians, it's crucial that we learn to embrace mystery. Everyone say mystery. Anyone here love like mystery stories, movies, you already already had your hand up, like mystery novels, movies, anything like that, or like crime series. Who of y'all watch crime series in here? I feel, I feel like that's all of you. Yeah, you're like, yes, oh my gosh, please. I, I don't. But like when, when I think about like, like mysteries, right, like what's so fascinating about it is it's like we, we go through this whole process, right? Like you go through this whole process of like, is it this person that did? Is it this person? Like, what, like, and, and you start like going through and asking all of these questions. But here's, here's the, the thing, is that typically in these movies, in these TV shows, in these books, Usually by the end of the story, you get the answer, right? Like, and, and like, that's, that's kind of a part of, like, if they were just to kind of, like, be on, like, you know, chapter 7, like, halfway through the book and then stop, you'd be like, why did I start reading this if I'm not going to know the answer, right? Like, that, that's really unsatisfying. But the reality is, is that when it comes to our relationship with God, there's a lot of things that are mystery that we may never actually know. And sometimes that can be, like, really challenging, Right? Does anyone like ever struggle with that? That's like, man, like, I, I don't know if I'll ever fully comprehend this. And the reality is that when we come to these difficult questions as Christians, we have a choice of whether we will live by faith or by sight. Everyone say faith and sight. Point with me. Everyone say faith, faith. and sight. There you go. We have a decision to say, to say okay, by faith, this, this conviction of a thing I have not yet seen. That's how Hebrews 11 defines faith. By faith, I'm going to believe that God's word is true. By faith, I'm going to believe that God is sovereign, that God is in control, that God is God. And I am not. I am a mere human. I, I am simply his creation. So I don't deserve to know the answers. And even if you were to give them, I probably wouldn't understand them. So I'm going to let him be God. Or we can live by sight. I'm going to say by sight. We can live by sight trying to figure everything out and, and trying to find a logical answer for everything. And the reality is, friends, I've seen this enough with people that when they choose to live that way, it leads to deep, deep discouragement. It leads to deep discouragement because the reality is, is that the fact that God is God, that he is sovereign, that he is in control, that he is limitless, that he existed before anything began, he has no beginning, no end. Like, like we can't fully fathom God. Look at this passage in Isaiah with me. Go ahead and put it up on the screen, Samantha. This is God speaking. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your, than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Look at what Romans has to tell us. Romans 11 says this. Oh, oh, you can go back to the last slide. Oh, the depth. Everyone say the depth. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Next slide. Or who has given a gift to him that he might be 
repaid. What we see in these passages is that we can never fully understand God. His wisdom, his sovereignty, his goodness, his love. How he is fully, fully gracious and merciful and just and has righteous anger. Like like there are so many things you and I never fully grasp about God. Let me tell you guys, listen, that's actually a beautiful thing. It's actually a really beautiful thing that we will never reach a point of like, check, I figured it out. I figured out the God of the universe. Because the reality is that because he is God, like he is limitless. And his wisdom and his ways are so much higher and better. We can't even scratch the surface of how amazing it is. Are you tracking with me? So, so tonight, I, I don't want to focus too much time on trying to figure out like how to explain like what is the Trinity. We'll talk about it for like two minutes, but I want to talk about why it matters to us tonight. Are you guys ready? All right, everyone go ahead, bow your head, and let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we praise you. I'm so moved as we, as we worship together, coming to you, God, as Abba, Father. And Lord, we acknowledge that that is only possible because of what you've done, Jesus. By making a way to call on you as Abba. That by ourselves, there's no way we can do that without the Father first drawing us and without you, Jesus, making it possible for us to have reconciliation, to have forgiveness, to have justification by you. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you draw us closer to Jesus and the Father. So, Tonight, Lord, I ask for your help for myself and all my friends in this room. For your help in not just knowing about you in our heads, but deeply knowing you and being moved by your love. Fix our eyes on you, Jesus. If we're, if we're coming here just to get a happy feeling that we can go out and have a, have a good week for the rest of the week, Lord, we're missing it. We want to see you, Lord. We want to know you, Lord. Lord, for those who do not know you in this room, would you capture their heart and transform them? Show them how much you love them, that you are calling them by name. And for those who've been walking with you, would tonight be a reminder of how amazing and beautiful you are. Come, Holy Spirit, do the work in, your, in our hearts. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. Everyone said, The Trinity. Trinity. The doctrine of the Trinity is one of the most fascinating and complex and confusing things on earth. Does anyone agree? If you've grown up in church, you hear about the Trinity and you're like, how does this make sense? Like, like if, when we talk about how the Trinity is, we have one God in three persons. Everyone say, one God, three persons. One God, three persons. There you go. When we talk about the Trinity, we, when we talk about having one God, we don't worship multiple gods as Christians. We have one God who exists in three persons. The reality is like, if you didn't grow up in church, like when you, like if you're hearing this right now and you didn't grow up in church, like if this is your first time here, you're probably saying, huh? Right? Like, like you're probably saying like one God, three, like that doesn't, that's not good math, pastor. I am a pastor and I don't do math. But this is what's true in Bible. Okay, so one God, three persons, it's like, what does that mean? And, and the reality is if you grew up in church, like you've been hearing about the Trinity since you were like four years old. The reality is when you hear about like one God and three persons, what you probably do still is, huh? Everyone say, huh? You gotta make the face look. Huh? Okay, like like when we talk about the Trinity, it is extremely 
like confusing, but it's also a beautiful, beautiful mystery. I'm going to say mystery. It's a mystery. So, so what does this mean that God is one God in three persons? When we talk about the fact that there is one God, we're talking about how he has his own essence. Everyone say essence. His own, his own essence. He has his own nature. He has his own eternal existence. Okay. When we talk about God, it means that he has no beginning. Which is like one of the hardest things for us to understand. That, that God was not created. And that's the only reason why anything can exist is because there's a being called God, Yahweh, who, who does not have a beginning, who didn't have to be created because he is before everything. You guys track with me? You guys track with me? So it's like, so we have God who, who has no beginning. He has his own essence. What, what we know from scripture about what is true of who God is, is that God is love. Everyone say, God is love. If you're taking notes tonight, which I really encourage you to do, write down, God is love. One more time, everyone say, God is love. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And so we see that his essence, that who God is, he is, he is one God, but he exists in three persons, meaning this, that these three persons are distinct. Okay, so track with me here, track with me, try to pay attention. So we don't worship like a God the Father and then like a, another God named Jesus and then another God named the Holy Spirit. What we believe is that they are one God, but they are three distinct persons. Everyone say three persons. Let me, let me show you what this looks like in, in Scripture, okay. Let's think about creation, okay. Look at Genesis 1. It will be up on the screen. This is what it says. Some of you guys know this verse well. I'm pulling it up. All right, here we go. It says, in the beginning, God. Everyone say God. This is God the Father. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the water. And the Spirit of God, everyone say Spirit of God. Now we have two members of the Trinity, two of the three persons. We've got God the Father and the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then a little later in verse 26, it says, Then God said, let us, everyone say us. Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. So we see here that God the Father and God the Spirit are present during creation. Now some of you guys are doing quick math. You're like, that's two of three, bro. Got you there. Hold on. Look at the, look at the next slide right here. Colossians 1. Colossians 1 says this. This is talking about Jesus. It says, for by him, for by Jesus, all things. I'm going to say all things. all things. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Everyone say through him. And everyone say for him. And he, Jesus, is before all things and in him all things hold together. So what is this passage saying? Is that during creation we see all three members of the Trinity, three distinct persons present, right? We have God the Father speaking things into existence. And we see that as he speaks things into existence, it is created through Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. He says, it says here in Colossians that he holds all things together. Without Jesus, nothing is made that was made. So there's Father, there's Son. And we see that the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters where the presence of God is literally everywhere. We have the Father, Son, Holy Spirit in creation. Everyone say creation. The second time, there's, there's many, many times in the Bible. The second one I wanted to look at is the baptism of Jesus. Everyone go ahead, look at this next slide. It says, and when Jesus was baptized, everyone say Jesus. That's, that's the son, that's number one, okay. Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold the heavens were opened to him and he saw the who? He saw the spirit of God descending like a dove 
I'm coming to rest. And I'm, so now we got Jesus at the party. We got the Holy Spirit at the party. Let's see what's happening next. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So here we have Jesus coming out of the water of baptism. As Jesus, the son of God, is coming out of the water we have the Spirit of God who descends like a dove. And so we have, we have Jesus and the Spirit. And then we also see the Father speaks from heaven. Speaks words of love over his Son. So we see that we have the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Everyone say three persons. Three persons. We see this even as Jesus teaches. It's the last thing. As Jesus teaches, look at this next slide. It says, but now I am going to him who sent me. This is Jesus saying, Jesus is about to go up Send to the Father who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. And look at verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper. Everyone say the helper. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the helper or the advocate. If I, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So what is Jesus saying here? Is that Jesus is sent to earth by who? The Father. Everyone say the Father. Jesus is sent to earth by the Father. And when Jesus, after he, he dies on the cross and he's raised back to life, he ascends that he can send the Holy Spirit. I'm saying Holy Spirit. So what am I showing here is that we see that, that God has one essence, that there is one God. We don't worship three different gods. We worship one God. Everyone say one God. This one God has three distinct Persons. Everyone say three persons. Give me a thumbs up if you're tracking so far. Is that easy enough? That's all like the deep theology we're going into. Okay, so now I want you to kind of get this established. Some of you might be asking, okay, Mateo, cool. I still don't really get it, but like one God, three persons, cool. Trinity, why does this matter? Any of you guys asking that? You can be asked. Okay, like why does this matter? Why does it matter that God is a triune God? Or maybe the better question is this. What does this reveal about God? What I want to go after tonight is simply this. That the fact that God is a triune God shows that God is love. Everyone say God is love. One more time. Everyone say God is love. I want you to write that down if you haven't. If there's anything you remember from this message, remember that God is love. Let me, let me ask you this. Let, let, let's have some fun. Has anyone in this room ever been in love? Don't raise your hand because I'm going to save you guys from awkward moments. If you're sitting next to like your boyfriend or girlfriend, I just saved you from the most awkward moment. <laughs> Homie in his mind was about to be like, oh, absolutely. And the girl was going to be like, no, uh, I, I got you, I got you. Or, or even more like awkward moments, you thought you were a friend. No, so we're not doing that. But answer in your, in your head, have any of you ever been in love? Keep your hands right here. Okay, okay. all the married people in this room, you can raise your hand and say hallelujah, because then that's not going to be awkward. I know, I know Miss Prem is like, hallelujah, I'm in love with Victor Mendoza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know Prem, that's very accurate. So, okay, if you've ever been in love, or if you've ever watched someone in love, like especially when they're first starting to get to know each other and really fall in love, there's this thing called infatuation. Everyone say infatuation. Half of you, <laughs> Pastor Tim and Pastor Victor are going to distract me this whole time. I can't look at them. <laughs> Go behind the sound booth. I don't want to look at you. Okay. Infatuation. 
Half of you in this room just said, oh, when I said infatuation, the other half are like, eh, eh. Get back to talking about the Trinity. This is weird. Okay. Like when you're, when you're falling in love with someone, there's this thing called like infatuation. Which means like, like when you're around the person, like, like you're just like, oh my gosh, they're so amazing. Right? And, and like when you're around other people, like you want them to know how amazing that person is. Listen, listen. Like you, you want other people to know like, no, like, like she is, she's super awesome. Like she is, she's amazing. She's the best singer in the world. That's what I think about my wife. She's amazing. Like, like, oh, she's like, she's so beautiful. She's so awesome. Like, like there's this infatuation where you want other, to pe- other people to see how amazing they are. Are you tracking with me? Say vocal, are you tracking with me? I don't want you falling asleep, okay? So we talk about like falling in love, being in love with some. Imagine, imagine this, imagine this. Imagine I'm, we're, you, you guys are at my wedding, okay? Imagine we're in the beautiful forest in like just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Just like May 27th, 2022. Lindsay and are about to hit our one year anniversary. Let's go, hallelujah. Okay, so imagine, imagine we're like, we're, we're here, we're like beautiful outside. It's not a tor- like a tornado watch in Colorado, which I didn't even know was a thing, but apparently, okay. Imagine we're, it's beautiful, it's hot outside. So I'm sitting here, Lindsay's hands and my hands. We got Pastor Daniel Grothy right here officiating our wedding. Got our family, got our friends. My bald dad is right there. You can be my, my bald dad, okay? That's weird. Okay. We got all of our friends. And it's like perfect, right? I'm a clown. Okay. Like it's, it's a perfect, perfect moment, right? Like, like it's beautiful. We, we took time to worship together. I got like Pastor Victor and Pastor Tim, like all my boys behind me. Like it is, it's like the best moment on earth, right? And as we're sitting here and, and Pastor Daniel's like, all right, it's time. The couples decide to write their own vows. Mateo, go ahead. Imagine if I looked at Lindsay and I was like, girl, like, you're all right. Girl, like, you're, I think I I chose decent. Like, it wasn't, I didn't do a bad job. So I guess, like, I, I'll do the, I'll do the best I can. I'll, I'll take the trash out every once in a while when I feel like it. But really what I want is, like, for you to serve me. Like, like, girl, like, what I really want is, like, when, when May and June comes around, the NBA playoffs are on, I really just want you to go and, like, pick up dominoes for me and then, like, clean up the trash and do the dishes and the laundry. That's what, that's what I want. How many of y'all know that if, like, if that's what happened, like, that, that wouldn't go well, right? Like, that wouldn't go well. Like, like, Pastor Daniel would be up there and, like, slap me on the face and, like, Lindsay would be there and, like, slap me in the face. Like, my mom, my dad, bald doggy over there. And then, like... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, like, my Lindsay's parents are coming. They'd all slap me in the face and say, like, what is wrong with you? Are you tracking with me? When, when we talk about, like, what is love, we, like, there are certain things about true love that, that honestly we as humans, we can't even perfectly picture or capture. But we do know a few things. Listen, that true love, that what love is, is that love is selfless. Right? If I, were to, if I were to look at Lindsay on May 27th, 2022, our wedding day, and tell her that what I want for our marriage, this beautiful relationship that God has given, is I don't really want to serve you. I, I don't, doing the dishes isn't my thing, but you get to serve me. Like, like how many of y'all know like, that would be the worst marriage ever? Right? 
Like, like how many of y'all know, like, that would not be me showing love to her. Like, the way I, I can show love to my wife is laying down my life for her and, like, serving her and being selfless. Everyone say selfless. And what we see here is, is the fact that God exists as a trinity shows that from the very beginning, before anything was ever created, that God has always been love. Everyone say God is love. Now let me, let me explain this to you. If, if God did not exist as a trinity, if he was just one God just chilling, like before anything was ever made, he was just chilling in heaven by himself. And one day he was like, you know what, let's, let's, make, let's make a creation. I'm going I'm to make humans and... And, and as he makes humans, like, one day he's kind of like, oh, maybe I'll kind of, like, I'll be loyal to them and I'll be selfless and I'll, I'll give them good gifts and I'll serve them and I'll, and I'll be there for them and I have feelings of affection towards them. Like, then that would be God, like, learning love. But listen to me. Listen. Everyone listen. What we see here in Scripture is that God has always existed as a trinity. I'm going to say Trinity. And so because God has always existed as Father, Son, Holy Spirit, each member of the Trinity is selfless. And they capture what it means to be love. Everyone say, God is love. And so what we see here in Scripture, what we see by the very existence, that the fact that, the fact that there is a Trinity means that God has always been love. Are you tracking with me? Are you tracking with me? That, that even before like, humanity ever came on the scene. God has always been love. Why? Because the Father, when he, when he looks at the Son, what he wants to do is like point to the, to point to the Son, like the infatuated person, when it's like, isn't my wife so amazing? Like, isn't she great? Like, like, when, like when you're in love and you're pointing to like the other person saying, like, aren't they great? Like, I would do anything for them. That is what the Father does to the Son. And the Father wants to glorify the Son. And then Jesus wants to show everyone, look how great the Father is. And the Holy Spirit wants to say, look how great the Son and the Father are. There is this constant circle of love. Everyone say love. Now what does this mean for us today? Everyone listen, everyone listen. That's where I want you guys to really catch this. What does this mean for us today that God has always existed in love? It's this. Because God is love, it means that his love for us is completely generous and selfless. Okay? It's going to be up on the screen. I want you to write that down. Because God is love. He doesn't just have love. He doesn't just feel love sometimes. Like when we're doing a good job, when we're singing a nice song, you have a good voice. You're in trouble if like you have a bad voice and you're at church. Like, no, 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 no. Because God is love. That means his love for us is completely generous and selfless. Everyone say generous say selfless. Now what, is, what does this mean? What this means is that God does not need your love. Everyone listen, everyone listen to me. God does not need anyone's love, any human's love. He's, he's not like desperate to get praise. He's not desperate to get worship. He's not sitting here like, man, I hope they're just worshiping their heart out because I really need to feel Love. No, 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 no. God already is love. Why? Because the Trinity is an entire relationship of Father, Son, Holy Spirit serving one another, selflessly loving one another. So that means that because we exist, he, he actually doesn't need our love. 
So that means that any love he gives to us is generous and it's selfless. That's what, the, what this means is that he like, he's not trying to get something from you. I need everyone to hear me. Everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. I think sometimes when, when we come into church and we're worshiping, like, like we feel like, like we're, we, sometimes we feel like we're almost like doing God a favor. Or like he, he's a really insecure God who's like, come on, worship me. Love me. But the reality is that when we come to worship God, it's, it's not because we're trying to get him to love us more. It's not because we have anything to offer him. But simply because we're responding to the love that he has shown us. Are you tracking with me? What that means is that God's love for us is not because he's trying to get anything from you. We don't have anything to offer God. Like, like there's nothing so special about us where God is saying, like, I really need their worship. I really need their love. He's not a needy God. He's always existed as a trinity in love. And so the fact that you and I exist and the fact that you and I have received God's love simply means that God is generous and selfless in his love. Are you tracking with me? Look at this passage in Ephesians right here. One of my favorite passages. It says, even as he, Jesus, Chose us. Everyone say, he chose. Come on, everyone say, he chose. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love. Everyone say, in love. Come on, everyone say, in love. In love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons or as children through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Everyone say, his will. Leave this on the screen. What do we see here? It says, even as he chose us. Everyone say, he chose. Even as he chose us. Friends, hear me tonight. God has shown his love for us in this, that he has chosen us. We do not first choose God. We do not first discover him. We do not first kind of go after him. No, no, no. He has first come after us. Amen. He has, he has first chosen us. He has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. You know what I find amazing? It's that before anything was ever created, God knew exactly what was going to happen with humanity. Worship team, you guys can go ahead and come on up. Drew, can I get the lights turned down? What this means is God exists. No beginning. It's always been. It's always been. Josh, it's the two faders on the right, bro. I got you. No jersey. Sorry. What this means is that God who has no beginning. When the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone listen. Everyone listen. Look at me. When the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit said, let's, let's make a creation. And the Father speaks it into existence and it happens through Jesus and the Holy Spirit is there, present everywhere. Everyone look at me, look at me. That God knew exactly what humanity would do. That Adam and Eve and ultimately every human to ever live, including you and you and you and me. He knew that we would turn away. That we would sin and we would rebel, right? 
And even knowing that, even knowing that we would turn from him. And even knowing that by creating the world and creating humankind, that that would lead Jesus to a cross. What does this passage say? That even as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, before anything was created, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Everyone say his will. Friends, hear me, hear me. What this passage is showing us is that before anything was ever created, God knew that he would send Jesus to take on the cross, to take on the worst pain and suffering any person could ever take on. Why? Because God is love. Because God is love. He knew that you and I, that humanity, we had nothing we could offer to God. He knew that, we, that he doesn't need us. There's nothing we could do to deserve his love, his goodness. But friends, hear me. We see God's love in the fact that when he creates all things, that God the Father knows that creating humanity will lead his son Jesus to death on a cross. You know what Jesus does? Through Jesus, all things are created. And Jesus takes on the worst of pain and suffering and death for you and for me. Why? To point to God the Father and say, guess what, humankind? God the Father loves you. There's nothing you can do to deserve that love. You don't earn that love at all. You don't deserve it. You are a sinner. But Jesus takes on the cross. Why? To glorify God the Father and say, look at how loving he is. And God the Father, he... Son, by his will, goes and takes on the cross. And what does God the Father do? He draws us to Jesus. To say, look at my son. Look at my, look at my son. Look how, look how much he loves you. Look how he takes nails in his hands and his feet for you. There's nothing you have to deserve or earn that love but God the Father sends his son to take on the wrath, the punishment that you and I deserve. Why? Because God is love. Everyone say God is love. Because God is love, we see the selflessness and the generosity of God. Friends, tonight what I want to invite us into simply to behold God. Simply to look at the love that he has poured out and say thank you. Now hear me, friends. I want you guys to hear this. Because God is love, he never does anything apart from love. Okay? Hear me tonight. 
Because sometimes how we, how we try to, how we picture God is like he's, he is loving, but he's also like wrathful, right? Like he is, he is loving and, and gracious, but he's also like just and powerful. And sometimes we think that like, that God's gonna reach a certain point where he says, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving this love thing on the shelf. It's time for me to show wrath. Okay, it's time for me to, to kind of put this love, this loving thing being nice, like kind of forgiving, yeah, you're fine, you're fine. I'm gonna kind of put that over here so that I can judge. Sometimes that's how we view God. And friends, hear me. The very essence, the very being of our God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit is that God is love. So what does that mean for us tonight? That God loves you so much. And it's really, really simple, right? Like, most of you in this room have heard that God loves you. Right? Like, you, you kind of know this maybe in your head, like, yeah, yeah, like, Jesus loves me, this I know. Like, we can recite it all we want. But friends, hear me. The type of love that God is, unlike anything or anyone else. So when he pours out his love on you, it's not so he can get anything in return. It's not because he needs you. It's because he wants you. It's because he's chosen you. Why? Because he loves you. Because he wants, Jesus wants you to know how amazing and gracious and good the Father is. And the Father wants you to know how good and beautiful Jesus is. And the Holy Spirit wants to work in your heart to say, hey, look at Jesus. So this is what we're going to do. I, you guys can stand up and find, find a spot to, to get down on your knees tonight. Get down on your knees. Move quietly. Shh. Don't be talking to anyone right now. Don't sit next to anyone that's going to distract you. This is what we're going to do tonight. We're going to sing a song that commemorates and brings us to remembrance what Jesus has done by suffering for you and for me. What I want to encourage you to do this evening is to ask the Holy Spirit this. Everyone listen. Drew, you can turn on the lights even more. Turn up. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me to be grateful. Holy Spirit, help me to know that you are love. Because ultimately, you can't, you can't force yourself to get this, right? You can't force yourself to have this revelation. But the Holy Spirit wants to point you towards Jesus and say, remember the cross. Look at how much he loves you, Nate. Look at how much he loves you, Audrey. Look at how much he loves you, Aspen, Chandler, and Joey and Gabe. Look at the cross. You can never deserve it. You can never earn it. He's not even asking you to repay it. 
just wants you to know how much he loves you and for you to simply come to him as your God in gratitude. So let's, let's sing this song in gratitude and worship together.